over it's all these different you know comedic cultures that, that i'm just discovering they're just they're all a riot and so that's i don't know that, that's like one of my favorite things lately with tiktok is that mm-hmm. they've their their interest is just so on point. You know, it's like obviously they know I like comedy because that's the thing know. that I'm consuming the most. I want to see the back end of their algorithm to know what that looks like. How I do know. they decide what is going to be I a know. fit for me? And because it's so accurate. Because yeah. it's so accurate. Yeah. And it it kind of changes as my interests change. Yes. Which I change hobbies about every three weeks. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No. I I know. I get it. Yeah. yeah like I I. Like I'll get um some like maker stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. behind the scene maker stuff, like someone tiling, you know, a, a shower or, uh, you know, making a wood project or something. But then it's like I'll, I'll have watched like a couple of like uh, outdoor cooking videos, yeah. and now I keep getting a whole bunch of all these other people. It's just it's so good. Yeah. It's like it's a little terrifying, but it really is. It's just so good how well they just somehow just know. What you're going to be What you're interested in. It's just like. Every once in a while, though, it pulls something that I am not mm-hmm. interested in. Uh, and I am always so confused about how they got there. Agreed. Um, from, I click the not interested. Like, I, if you yeah. hold it down for a second, you, you say not interested. Well, for about a month, it was all um, Amish lifestyle TikToks for me. <laughs> and I was what? like, I am the most technology connected what? person. I don't put my phone down. And I am watching this on my phone. So why did they think I would be interested in that? But wait, why? They, I, I might be saying this wrong, but maybe are, are they like Mennonites in it? Because I feel like the Amish are like very anti-technology, but Mennonites have adopted. There was a some little of bit the... of a both, mm-hmm. um, but most of the Amish geared TikToks were actually filmed by someone else in their community, oh. so they weren't directly using mm-hmm. the technology. They mm-hmm. would just kind of be either filming or questioning them when they were not on film. Yep. But I was like, I don't understand. Did did, did, did you have an Amish culture in Michigan? Yeah, some, yeah. but not a ton. Yeah, and like in Pennsylvania, I mean, it's very prevalent. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, as you travel through Pennsylvania, a lot of times, like, as the people are driving by, they they kind of like cover themselves because they don't want to be filmed. Yeah. So that's why that's why I found that interesting yeah. that, that that would come up there. So, but I guess that makes yeah. sense if it's someone else trying to you know film yeah. them. And again, like I, I know that there are different. Uh, I'll call them levels, but I'm I'm using the wrong word here, and I'm yeah. I, I'm 100 probably offending someone, and I apologize because I'm not trying to. Um, but I call them levels, and I know Mennonites are one of the I'll call strict. level yeah. less strict, yes, mm-hmm. and, and slightly more adapted. I guess yeah. is kind of the point of that. It was um, kind of interesting to see, though, because as yeah. I watched more of them, I kind of learned more about the culture, which was great. The culture, I do find the culture very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's one of the few cultures that really has not, you know, skewed away as the times have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm I don't know, I I don't know much about it. I would. I would just assume that more Amish would have had to adapted to some current technology, yeah. but but maybe not. I don't know. Well, I feel like we're going to go down a rabbit hole with this later today and to, like discover into this. I have to interrupt Alexis because Uh-oh. Jessica is is cheering you on <gasps> from work. Tell her to stop watching. I told them you weren't allowed she's, to watch. She's watching live. Just there's pressure. <laughs> Who is? I warned everybody. Jessica in our um, oh, Williamston office. Williamson office. Okay, she was yeah. in our film class. Uh, yes. Um, I actually told everybody before. And I... Andrea is also watching. She oh, says yes. you're a natural. <laughs> uh, I told everybody in the office, do not watch today. Well, if you, you made an announcement, of course they're going to watch. <laughs> Well, I had to warn them because they sometimes follow you guys. 
season, so they see things. They purposely <laughs> did not share the post yet. Wait, is Andrea the one from Moorhead City? She is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she, she, she's great, yeah. Andrea is great. Mm-hmm. She sells um, personal lines primarily, and so she can make all of these customized recommendations on what fits your house the best mm-hmm. or what fits your vehicle the best and how they work together. She's been doing it for years. Jessica. Hey, speaking of insurance, um, <laughs> like I don't know how long we've been on this live thing here, but that, that that tends to happen. See, I guess this is why I tell people to not be nervous about this whole podcast thing is because it's just to me, it's like this is the conversation I'd be having with you if we were at like a young professionals event or yeah, something, you know. True. Yeah, it's 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 nothing crazy, it's nothing special. Yeah. Um is your mic on again? Yes, it is. I'll turn it off since it's bugging you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Instead well, of clicking it on and off, on yeah, and off. Yeah, it's, it's just picking up the, uh, the... Yeah, there we go. Now it sounds nice and juicy. I think the difference is between this and a Young Professionals event is the last time I saw you at a Young Professionals event, <laughs> you were wearing a sombrero and a mustache. That was a year ago. That was almost <laughs> a year ago. Wow, was that long and ago? And I don't think I've been to one since. Oh, wow. I need to go more. Um, well, you know, I saw you at the, the chamber event, um, the Midday Mingle at yeah. Carolina. Y'all left early? We did. Well... I don't mean to have just called you out on that, but um, the reason I was mentioning that is I stayed. I was about to leave on that and stayed. I dropped my business card in. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't. I didn't even have a business card. I had to like write my name like on a piece of paper. But I I drew a prize. It's the first time in like the two years I've been with. That's I've amazing. been going to chamber events uh-huh. religiously. It's the first time I drew a prize and it was great. And I'm, I'm whatever you know. It's okay. But I drew a big prize. Oh, what did you win? I it's called a drink tank, and so it's like a sixty-four ounce mini keg that you can put like a CO two cartridge on it, and so it keeps it the beer fizzy. Oh, yeah, and then it's got like a little dispenser, so you basically have this like it looks like a little water cooler thing or thermos or something yeah. like that, but it's got a little hose and little hookup with like a little replaceable cartridge that you can, and each cartridge I think lasts like three Phillips. Um, and then it also came with five, I'll call them tumblers, but they're like uh, stainless steel, like Pilsner glasses. That's cool. Yeah. I'm like, that's really this cool. This kind of like, I was like, wow, this is like a nice. Probably the best one pro- for you to win. I, that's what I said. Actually, it was funny because when they pulled it out, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm like, I'll put that to good use this afternoon. And then Kevin Jarazin was like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, this is crazy. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Of, of all the prizes for me to have ever won, <laughs> this is like one that I'll, I'll actually yeah. use. I'll utilize this. That was a great event. I loved mm-hmm. that. Um, I just loved being able to be there with all the art. It was so beautiful. Are you into art or no. you artsy fartsy? Um, I love looking at it. I don't necessarily know mm-hmm. a ton about it, but mm-hmm. I do appreciate it. Mm, um, good. Any type of local artist event, though, you can usually find me at. <laughs> well, interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. So let's talk a little bit about not necessarily insurance, but just Flatlands Jessup. So this is, by the way. Uh, this episode 50-something or another. I don't know. You can look it up on the screen. What is it? 59. 59. Okay. Next week's will be easy. I'll just remember it's 60. Um, so I have Alexis. Is it Athey? You said Athey. yeah. Alexis yeah. Athey, uh, who's the uh, marketing CEO or <laughs> marketing person over at Flatlands Jessup okay. Insurance Group. But by the way, um, is, is that the formula? Is, is the formal name Flatlands Jessup Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group. Insurance so Group, it's got a it. Tongue twister. Well, because sometimes I see it where it's it's Flatlands 
so insurance actually, group, and that's your crop division, correct? Yes. Yes. So we have a couple different brands under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group is our large brand that covers all five, but Flatlands is our specialty crop division. Mm-hmm. So they just do um, crop insurance. Now, which one started first? Like, how did it start off? Was it start off as crop or everything? This is a complicated one. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down. <laughs> this is a history lesson for sure. Um, we have four principals in our agency. Uh, Michael Lee, uh, Paige Reed, and Mark Jessup. So originally, um, Paige and Reed, their dad opened an agency over in Washington. Is Reed the taller one of the... Yes. Okay, got it. Yep. Um, and... They opened in 1963-ish, mm-hmm. and then Mark opened... And what was their name? Carolyn Allen. Okay. Um, Something completely different. Got it. Yeah, completely different. And then um, Mark actually opened the Jessup Group here in New Bern okay. in 1987. Got it. So they, back five years ago, decided to merge to be able to offer more products to clients. Oh, this was somewhat recently then? Yeah, somewhat oh. recently, yeah. Oh, Okay. Um, which five years seems like a long time. But, so yeah. Paige and Reed's, was that was that in the Washington area? Is that where it kind of... Yes, that's where they started. Oh. Um, okay, so that's where the Washington office really started yeah. from. It was the Carolina something different name and then switched it to yep. Flatlands. Got it. Yep, and then they were became Flatlands Insurance. Mm-hmm. And then um, they merged with Marks and we created... Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group. So. so five years ago, correct me if I'm wrong, but it really started with Washington and New Bern locations mm-hmm. only. And then we acquired um, Williamston, Moorhead City, and Kinston. Got it. Okay, so those weren't new ones you opened. You had you had, you kind of acquired those. What you're little saying? A little bit of a little bit of both. Okay, got it. I'm just I'm just curious as far as the you know yeah. the because prog- you you look at it as it stands now. You have you know five locations. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a decent size. Yeah. You know, insurance group. Um, you, you know, I'm. I don't know in the insurance world. I'm sure there are probably some local North Carolina ones that maybe have like 15 or 20 locations. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not super familiar with it. Varying sizes all over. But yeah, but it's obviously more than just a one or two kind of location kind of place. So yeah. Um. So how did you get involved with? handling the marketing for flatlands so this is kind of a unique one as well um i started off as an i'm getting all these sorts of history lessons here i love it coffee time imagine all of the filing in my brain (laughs) um i started off as an employee benefits assistant so charlotte martin needed a little more help okay um so they hired me on as an employee benefits assistant and then part of one of the components of what she was doing was kind of handling a lot of like the small marketing things that maybe were coming their way, but there wasn't really a designated person. To oh, that. okay. Um, and and then, how long ago was this? A year ago. Oh, it was a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so not that long ago so then also. really recent still. Oh, okay. Um, but so then, even a year ago with all these, loca- and there was really no one, there was no one specific hat for handling the marketing. No, they kind so, of had it all over. Um, someone was like handling ads in the paper and yeah. someone was handling ads over here. Someone was handling mm-hmm. social media over here and just, it was fragmented yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So um, not too long after I started, I had started kind of taking on those things because my background is in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um and so you're like, oh, this looks fun. Look, can I do this? Right? Yeah. Sure. Got it. Yep. Okay. Gradually just kind of like volunteering for things. Um, and one of the greatest things about 
working for our principals is that they will see the strengths that you have mm -hmm. and find the best way to use that. So that is kind of what happened with me was they said, okay, she's got, she's good at this. Let's she's terrible at employee benefits assisting, but. <laughs> I don't even no, think I got deep in enough I'm just to know, kidding. but um, yeah, they just said, hey, like we see that you are doing well with this. Yeah. Why don't you take this over? Wow. That's, you and just so, invented the position then. Well, they invented the position, but just empowered me to do it. That's awesome. Um, and they do that with everybody. If they find something that they're really good at, they say, mm -hmm. hey, let's. Let's see how we can concentrate your skills into something that works really well for you, mm -hmm. which is kind of one of my favorite things I think about working for a local company rather than a large chain. Um, I've worked with bigger companies in the past, and they're not as good at prioritizing that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one of the things that I really, really love here. So how different is the marketing strategy or the plan a year ago versus today? I would say it's the same principles, but it's um, enacted a different way. Okay. So, yeah. So, give me a couple of examples. Like, what are some things that you're doing now, maybe, that not necessarily that you weren't doing last year, but perhaps you just didn't have the capacity to because it was fragmented, right? Like, there wasn't someone at the helm just kind of driving that ship. Um, we branched out into new social media channels, okay. which I love. Um, we actually did a video class with you and Claire. Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't even trying to plug that, but thank you. <laughs> no, we loved it because that's really kind of how we got started. Mm -hmm. um, so what we did when we did that is, you know, we had, I think there were seven of us mm -hmm. that sat down and took a course on how to work all of the video equipment and how to film and the best strategies to get the best content. And then we branched out a little more into YouTube. We're now doing TikTok. We're doing Instagram Reels mm. and the cameras are out all the time. <laughs> My poor staff always knows that if they come to work, they're probably going to get filmed. I love how some of them are like really into like, yeah, sure. I'll go on the camera. Uh -huh. I, I, you know, because that's, you know, as a photographer or as a videographer, you know, some people are kind of like, let's just get this over with. And, you know, but then some people are like just terrified. Just, I really don't want, like, I'm yeah. doing this because I'm told I have to do this or something. I just mm -hmm. terrified. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like we do a pretty good job of putting people at ease in general, whether mm -hmm. it's putting them on video or photography or something. And that's that's really, like, one of the things I feel like we really shine with. I, I tell people, like, I don't think it's always, like, the highest, you know, quality production. I think it's pretty high quality. But I don't think it's, yeah. like, the. but ultimately, at the end of the day, people feel comfortable. I think yeah. it's really the big key. Um, so I just love that, you know, you just have people just like, like, oh, are we doing a video today? Like, so oh, are we doing my this? My ones that were the most reluctant <laughs> initially are actually the ones who are coming to me with new ideas now. That's awesome. So they'll see something on TikTok and they'll send it to me and say, hey, do you think we can do this? Or, hey, can you ask somebody else to do this? Because I don't want to be in this one, but it's really cool. Mm -hmm. so. Even if you don't have um, some sort of like, you know, concrete, you know, metrics to share. Just anecdotally, how, how do you feel your video marketing across all the platforms, across everywhere, is we, impacting? I will say we've gone up about 60%. Um, and that, you know. You've what, 60%? We've gone up in reach about 60%. Oh, okay. So, um, and that changes from week to week, whether mm -hmm. our content is strong for that week or whether we've shared more. Um, sure. But overall, our numbers have gone up for reach by about 60%. Wow. And, th yeah. and that's just simply just by. E because a lot of what you're doing is short form video stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not really, you haven't delved into long the long, long form mm -hmm. stuff. So it's all short form video things. No, because for our topic, I think long form doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. 
part of the strength is being able to see that. Um, viewers are really not going to tune into 10 minutes um, of information on insurance. It's too much at one sure. time. So breaking it down into it's like in the, uh... one minute segments <laughs> where it's just like, okay, we're going to break down the terms. Next time we're going to break yes. down how it works. Yes. And I think kind of knowing that maybe will help educate our clients a little better, mm -hmm. which is what we want. It's like, uh, I, I don't know if you like other insurance commercials, but you've seen the progressive one where she goes to the, she goes, Flo goes to the door to put the baby to sleep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick that up the first couple times, and then I saw him like, "Oh, oh, she's putting the baby to sleep." Like this is hilarious. I, love it. I so this is like this is actually how I got into advertising. Like how, like ever since I was a kid, I've just loved commercials. Yes. Like I mean, I was definitely the kid that was way more interested in the Super Bowl commercials than I was the Super Bowl itself. Yeah. I was never really a huge, huge sports fan, and so yeah, I mean, I've just been in like I've just loved. I love how people can just take such a simple joke, basically, just a mm -hmm. simple, you know, comedy and just turn that into really effective branded advertising, yeah. you know, which is what that whole, I mean, I think that flow series has been going on for something like 10 or 12 years yeah. now or even longer, if I'm not mistaken. Time, yeah. yeah, like a really long time. Yeah. Um, oh, so actually, so speaking of, uh, you know, long form versus short form video thing. Just going back, actually, to what we were talking about before we went on air with, you know, like insurance group doing a podcast. I think that's actually one of the ways you could do kind of something a little bit longer form longer without form. making it yeah. boring. So uh, one of the things actually I want to do with this podcast, um, we, we had done uh, for a little bit, we were taking little clips out of this hour-ish long episode. And then we would take little clips out and repost those. The next thing I want to do, though, is is kind of find like a good 10 or uh, I mentioned this to you said um, clear um, producing the show here, find like a good 10 or 12 minute segment, or maybe it's like seven minutes or something like that. And we'll put that up on YouTube. Um, so if maybe there's like a seven or eight or 10 minute kind of long, it's not the whole show, but there was like yeah. a good, you know, good, good chunk, enough. you know, mm -hmm. and that's good for YouTube where, YouTube is built around long form content. Yes. And so I thought that might be effective as well. So my, my point to that was, yeah, I could totally see, you know, with, um, uh, you know, Flatlands insurance. Um, I don't know that it would make sense to get on with your personal lines of insurance, but for sure, like your business insurance or your crop mm -hmm. insurance, um, definitely your business. I don't know how much, I don't know how big your business is for business insurance, but, um, but you know, I would, I think it'd be great to, to have, you know, select clients on, like yeah. if you just started once a month, you know, I think that's the other thing that happens a lot. Yeah. A lot of times is like, Oh, we want to go nuts. Like, Oh, this is such a great idea. We want to do this every single week. And <laughs> we want to do this like twice a week. You uh -huh. know, it's like, just try like once a month, you know, and yeah. then, and then you, maybe you can get to twice a month or something like that. But if you just even started one time per month, like let's pick like our five favorite clients of business insurance. Right interview them about their business and keep it to a short like 30 minute thing mm -hmm. so you don't have to overwhelm yourself or yeah. something um because then you can take that and you can chop them up you can make that 10 minute thing or do nothing with it by the way do nothing with it and just have it on facebook live for it to be shared yeah. by those people mm -hmm. um and, and again i think the reason why that would work out good is based on the fact that there's probably no other insurance company doing that or Maybe they do, but like they're doing like little live videos here and there yeah. sporadically. Yeah. There's clearly not a strategy to it because they're just kind of doing it sporadically. And that's fine. I mean, I encourage people to do that kind of stuff to kind of get used to it. But 
if you have a kind of a rhythm where it's like, hey, in the first week of April, we're starting this thing here, and then we're going to have this guest lined up, and it's like it's all you know, formatted and it's, yeah. it's all structured and it's like, oh, this is something that's kind of neat to look mm-hmm. forward to, you know? Well, and I think there's a kind of an interesting um, ability to market for all five of our divisions because mm. different topics are going to cover easier than others. Mm-hmm. So it works out pretty well for us that we have a wide range of services offered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have, you know, people who have been in this for years and years that can share stories of, you know, hey, here's what happened and here's how insurance has changed. And yep. it's kind of an interesting perspective that we can get and hopefully share with our viewers. Actually, you know, I was thinking with the uh, personal lines of insurance. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was thinking, I, I guess maybe I had steered away from that at first thinking, oh, well, maybe you wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have someone that's just like has their auto insurance or their homeowner's insurance. You know, they, you know, Johnny homeowner might not want to jump on and you know, be on a podcast. There's no incentive, I guess. For yeah. him. I, like, I'm just thinking like for a business, like there's an incentive for me to want to come mm-hmm. on as a business client because I can kind of help promote my business as well. But what I think would be kind of neat is if you have some stories of some uh, in previous like insurance claims, I guess, mm-hmm. that have happened, like really good success yeah. stories, I guess, you know, where it's like, oh, someone's house thing, but they had a really good umbrella policy and a really good, mm-hmm. they had extra flood insurance coverage or something like that. And really, and it's like, yeah. like what was Flatlands doing during that entire time? Like, yeah. tell me about your experience, all that kind of stuff. Because really, at the end of the day, I, it's it sounds terrible to say this, but like this, another insurance company probably would have handled the claim similar but maybe not to the extent and all the little details. But yeah. I, I'm my my point is I'm sure like small local boutique insurances, other other insurance agencies mm-hmm. like yours, handle things kind of similar. But again, if you're the only one talking about it, then it's like yeah. oh, Flatlands is the only one that goes above and beyond when someone has a flooded house. Yeah, yeah. And I no one's the wiser. Yeah, good way to share it. That's it. All right. So like by May one, we'll see. <laughs> What, what are we at? March? Uh, okay, by April 1, I guess. So let me get my notepad out. I need to take notes on all of these ideas so I can use them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. No, I love, this is like what I love. I, I love, like, just, I'm not an idea person where if you're like, oh, hey, I need an idea for this. It'll take me a little while to come up with that idea. But my ideas come, like, just from talking to people, mm-hmm. just, like, very casual and just like, oh, like, what if you you know, what if you did this? Yeah. My problem is I just assume everybody has the time to do all these things. You know, it's just it's just like this here. I know. I shouldn't say I don't have the time to do a podcast. I just have to make time to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Claire helps out a lot with this because most of what Claire does is the finding the guests, scheduling, confirming, um, you know, getting this stuff set up, producing it. So I really just need to kind of devote the one hour to just sitting here with someone. Yeah. Before the way I used to do this was it was a weekly guest. It was weekly. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. I, a I mean, lot. I'm just a bit, but I did that for more than a year. I would well, almost a year. I would okay. say. Um, well, no, it couldn't have been a year because we're on episode 59. So I would say like maybe about six months or something like that. I did it where it was like every single week, um, but I was scheduling and you know confirming, okay. and then I added it up between like getting this stuff set up, breaking it down. It was close to like four, four or five hours a week. Oh no! And I'm like, 
oh, this is probably not a good idea to just, and this is like a lot of time each week. And I got all these like Bay projects and stuff. And so. Well, I mean, I guess that's the good part of being in marketing is that you can kind of see those things and add them mm-hmm. up and then tailor your approach to what works best for you. Yep. That's exactly. Yeah. So I, I halted this for at least six months or something mm-hmm. like that. And then when we found this office space here, I said, oh, let me kind of bring it up again. Let me just do it every other week. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like that's much more manageable um and you know let me have a clear kind of handle and so now it, it works out remarkably better to, to have it yeah. kind of done this way i guess is my point but yeah no i i guess my point to that is i'll uh you know i'll give people ideas and i'm like oh yeah it must be so easy to just like start a podcast like it must just be so like yeah just do it just hold up a phone just you know use like your iphone microphone you know yeah. just like this has got to be so like just do it it's so easy you know it's like someone's sitting there just going I'm terrified of starting this. <laughs> well, and meanwhile, I'm going to go back to my office and be like, hey, everybody, we're starting a podcast. And everybody's going to be like, when? We by, have to work. By the way, small plug, actually. I don't know why you just thought of this, but um, ver- very shameless plug. This room is actually for rent, just so you know. Okay, so, yeah. So, you know, this TV can kind of get changed out to some different branding. We can change the artwork. I mean, yeah. this, this whole room is basically available with a producer to just literally just come sit down and just show up and talk. As long as I don't have to push the buttons, we can have Claire do it. That's exactly. Yeah. So anybody else that's listening, if you're interested in starting a podcast, this room is available yeah. for rent for uh, for a podcast. So yeah, hit me up. Okay. That's done with the shameless plug there. Okay, great. So, um, so tell me a little bit um, about Alexis, Michigan, North Carolina. Ooh. Tell me that history. That's I'm getting all these history question. lessons here. I want more. I do. Apparently, I must really enjoy history today. <laughs> Apparently. You, you ever watched, uh, I asked someone, uh, another guest recently, have you ever watched Drunken History? Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love Drunken I History. I love it. We watch it way more often probably than we should. That is our um, go-to background show at my house yes. because neither me or my husband hate it and we can kind of pick up right in the middle of it and be quoting mm-hmm. it <laughs> so it's, we just i love how by oh. the end they're almost like falling off the chair like it's like it's progress yeah. they get progressively more drunk i feel like they're already like pretty lit like at the start of yeah. it yeah <laughs> well and the reenactments i think are the part that i yes! love the most yes is that they have all of these other celebrity cameos in there that you almost have to watch for to pick them out yes because they're all dressed up in period clothing so i haven't like, watched it so are they still doing new episodes of it or is it just I'm all repeats not sure it's been a while since we've tried to watch anything new we cycle through like season one and two mm-hmm. that's those are our go-to ones. oh okay wait, wait, where do you find it on oh it's been a while i think it was on netflix at one point okay um i'll have to look it's through a and e so you can always actually you know it. what i like is um do, do you have an apple tv by chance i don't we are um, not apple people oh that's right I I what is going on here i know I love my That's answer. a prerequisite for guests for now on, just so you know, Claire. It is. It really is. Prerequisites are they got to be a that. client and they got to be an Apple user. Look, texting you with the green bubble. No. Oh, you're a green bubble person. I do. And then we like, if you're a part of a group chat, you can't like make, you can't name it. So you like, know what's funny? I don't ever text. I always just use Messenger. Oh. We have just kind of converted Facebook to that. Messenger? Yes. And it. it Works oh. for everything. Oh. Okay. Do you do that Facebook workspace thing? No, I have not tried that yet. Uh, yeah. Well, they have some sort of like a workspace thing. Where it's, like, it's like a work group kind of thing on Facebook. Oh, I might have to try that. Yeah. I, I don't know what the 
Yeah. I mean, certainly we don't need like a Facebook work group. How do you feel about the transfer to uh, the meta business suite? Do you uh, like it? Know. Do you hate it? I th I thought at first it started off as a way to legally protect each entity because mm -hmm. they've all been under fire with all these congressional hearings. And so I thought, well, a smart legal way to approach that would be let's just make one parent company the metaverse mm -hmm. to help protect all the other you know child companies like facebook yeah, instagram, instagram that kind of stuff that was my initial thought and maybe that and maybe that was like a a side benefit of it but it, it's just it's kind of taking off i guess it's kind of my point yeah. like i i didn't really think there was a whole interactive experience around it. I really thought it was just like a legal move, mm -hmm. but but now I just I hear people are like I you know what it is I'm so old. Like I feel like I'm just way too old for the internet stuff <laughs> yes. now. I've like I'm definitely at that point uh -huh. in time. I'm definitely at that point in time where new internet culture stuff bothers me. Like like new yeah. music has bothered me for a while. Mm -hmm. Like I just continue to listen to like classic vinyl on you know XM radio like 70s rock you know like that's just yeah. and i wasn't even born in the 70s it's just it's just what i grew up on you know it's like i wasn't allowed to listen to like you know the music back in the 90s but anyways so i just feel like that old dad that's like ah this is new like yeah. ah this is stupid you know because i just look at things like nfts and the crypto whenever someone like whenever someone uses any of those words any of those words i'm just like go away like i i don't want to hear about crypto like i just don't want to hear about it and so that's what all the stuff that i think about with the metaverse was like you can buy land in the facebook like why the hell are you buying like i just i, I, can't, I get I can't so mad it. i get so mad like what mm -hmm. what is it but there might be a practical reason for it and i just don't understand it i have tried it's called web 3 apparently i have tried to explain all of this oh, to my, my grandma who is in her 70s because she's seeing these words all the time <laughs> she doesn't know what they mean um <laughs> And I tried to explain it, and as I'm explaining it to her, I realized I don't really know yeah, what they are either. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> so we got about halfway through the explanation, and she's getting more confused, and I'm getting more confused. And finally, I was just like, "We, I don't know." And then, like, and then, like, you know, during the meta, um, I watched part of the afterwards. I watched part of like the demonstration of it, you know. And Mark uh, Zuckerberg is like doing a virtual meeting. Mm -hmm. I'm like. Okay, I get it. You're not in person to do the meeting. I, I, I get it. Maybe, you know, um, there are plenty of companies that are built around remote teams. Mm -hmm. Plenty of companies. It's been happening for years, yeah. way before COVID. Your remote teams have been around forever. That's why God invented Zoom. Yeah. Like, what? why do you need... Why do you need to put on a virtual set of goggles so that you can look around a room and you can act like Alexis is like sitting right next to me? And we can, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, this would only be interesting to me. This would only be interesting to me if the virtual meeting could be conducted like this. If this scenario existed, I would be interested. That would be kind of cool though. Where it's, you put on the virtual goggles, mm -hmm. right? So you're in this virtual Zoom thing. You put on these virtual goggles we can turn and so we get this interactive experience. What I need is, I need the person that's virtually sitting next to me. I need to be able to make jokes with them without the others hearing those little <laughs> jokes, just like in a real meeting. If that does not exist, it does not work for me. Yeah. That's the only benefit of, yeah. if you're not doing a Zoom and you're trying to meet together, 
The only benefit is these like little remarks because when I go whenever I was in meetings, like in sales meetings, I would only make little jokes. I was the goofball, just like in school. That's I I didn't need to hear about the specials, what's going on. I just needed to make little jokes and build up the camaraderie between me and the person on the left of me or to the right of me, and then that was it. I think that's what they have like the um, instant messengers for <laughs> built in, so you can privately message, um, or you have the three windows open where you're. Software demos, it's great. Oh, you're talking about like a Zoom, yes. Uh, yeah, I, so I just or I any software for that matter, like yeah. any any messaging, so you can be like, yeah, send real the quick to get other people's opinion <laughs> on what's going on there. Um, but so I just don't understand about the whole virtual, the virtual reality mm -hmm. of the meetings. It's have like, why does Zoom not work for that? Yeah, have you tried the VR goggles separate of the meeting? I haven't. I want okay. to. the The Craven community, the the Godwin or Goodwin? What is it? Is it Godwin or Goodwin? I always get it wrong. Uh, Godwin. The the Godwin Library has a uh, mm -hmm. has VR uh, goggles you can use. Yeah. Try it out at least once. Um, we have one at <laughs> home, and my husband bought one. You're such a techie. Uh, I know. I'm like every single little <laughs> technological. You're like thing if it's that powered by a battery, I love it. I yeah. don't even know what it is. I just love it. <laughs> uh, like you with your iPad showing us the headshots. I was yes, like, you're like, you're like I, I need that. I need it's iPad only though. Sorry. Oh, it really is. Do it if it's iPad only. <laughs> Sorry, virtual goggles at your home. But. We tried them on, and I figured I was going to hate it. Um, they have a game that is like um, Dance Dance Revolution. Oh. I don't know if you remember that. Um, Claire, you might remember it. It is a blast. Of. I have no coordination. I fall over frequently. Oh. But it is so fun. Do you bang into walls and stuff with it? Or? Yes. Yeah? Um, it actually gives you like a range, though, if you have it on. And if you get uh -huh. close to the edge of the range, it'll oh. shut down the video. Oh, okay. So you get close to that like edge of the range that it's telling Cause you. Because you, you probably lose all your spatial awareness when none. you have it on. Yeah, you have none. none. Okay, uh -huh. yeah. Interesting. And everything is just like light up in your face. But it is so, so fun. And I play a fishing game on there as well. Oh. <laughs> Which, it's so relaxing for some reason. So you'll have to try it sometime. That's another There's Brian Regan skit where he's like, uh, he was like, he's like, I've got really into like watching fishing on TV. He's like, he's like, I'm not even fishing. I'm watching fishing. I'm recording fishing to watch fishing later. <laughs> he's like, See, how boring is this? <laughs> I love fishing, but I won't fish down here because oh. ocean fishing is way different than lake fishing. Oh. And I just can't. I don't want to catch a stingray or an alligator or a turtle, um, so I just don't. What would you catch up there. in Michigan? Mostly bass, catfish oh. here and there, um, and other like small. I feel like that, I feel like there's there. like bass fishing around here or something, or catfish. There might catfish. be, but I'm just afraid. The salt water makes me nervous. Oh. Um, I feel like there are um, like I don't think you have to go to salt water. I feel like there are other. There might be lakes fishing like, areas. We just might not have gotten that far yet. Yeah. If you go to the noose bait and tackle up in uh, it's up in Pamlico, they're really good at like I might knowing. Have to go up there and ask them. Some yeah, questions. like they, they know all of the because they all fish it. Like they know yeah. all of the little fishing areas there. I'll have to ask and see if maybe there's a place where I can do it without catching something that I don't know what to do with. Right, I see what you're saying. I went down to the. Do, do, um, do you fish to eat or is it just for for sport? Not a ton, mostly for sport. Most okay, that makes yeah. Me terrible. I catch them and put well, them back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Once I see their faces, I'm like, I can't eat this. <laughs> Plus, I only eat chicken. I'm a super picky eater. Interesting. Um, but yeah, we just we haven't gotten out much around here to do okay. it. Okay, we've been here five years. So. I was that was the next question I was going to ask you was uh was uh, how long you been here? So so how how you how you move down here? I feel like you told me this before, but just for anybody else that maybe doesn't know. So my husband decided to join the Marine Corps, so he got stationed at Cherry Point. 
Got so it. So we came down here. And that was before you had kids or? I was pregnant with our first. Okay. Um, You're like, yeah, great. Let's move. <laughs> yeah. Halfway across the country at six and a half months pregnant. Um, but we came down. We were supposed to only be here for four years and ended up buying a house because okay. the rental market is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we were just like, I don't think we want to go back. We yeah. don't want winners. Yeah. And we loved it here. So we just kind of. So you don't on. like the cold then, huh? No. Or you, you like you prefer the heat then? I, Interesting. I prefer like the six months where it's in between. But you completely grew up in Michigan though. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's but like that's interesting. Like in Michigan, like it's generally like it's colder longer in Michigan than it is in like other parts, maybe like Rhode Island or something. Yeah. You get a pretty good three four months of cold weather mm-hmm. and then three months of brisk weather. It's, yeah, it's 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 pretty, pretty divided, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess that's interesting, just because like I I love I I can't I do not like the heat. I do not. <laughs> I just I don't like the heat. We're not um, as conditioned to it, I think, as part of it. Everybody mm. from down here is just like, this isn't that bad. Yeah, and I think no, we're it's... just not wired for it. Yeah. I'll take the heat. We stay inside for usually end of June, July, and August until mm-hmm. it cools off, just like we would up in winter in Michigan. Sure. So it's now, now did you own a rent back in Michigan? We rented in Michigan. Yeah. The reason I ask is uh, you're talking about the rental market was kind of crazy. I mm-hmm. think it's like kind of like in general everywhere. Like I, I remember yeah. when my wife and I bought our first house back in 2012. Yeah, it was 2012. So we'd been married for like two years and we were living in – actually, it was like a – family apartment uh, i don't know if michigan had these where there were like three family houses they were like stacked basically not where we were at at least uh, up north it's very popular um up northeast you know where uh you'll have uh they, they call them like tenant house space or where it's like you have a first floor second floor and a third floor mm-hmm. but they're all they're all completely separate you know yeah. those are called three family houses or two family houses anyway so we lived on the third floor of a family's apartment house and her grandparents actually lived on the second floor oh, that so we cool. had yeah we had a pretty good rent mm-hmm. um because it was, it was a family apartment and then for lots of different reasons we were trying to move out of there and find a different place um and then we were looking at it was like now this is back in 2012 okay we were looking at it was like the the rents were like 800 900 so this is like this is 10 years ago okay so it was like 800 900 and they were crappy apartments yeah so you wanted a good apartment that also allowed pets by the way it was like a thousand or more and i'm like and i was like how much does a house cost you know now housing if you want a nice house it might cost two thousand bucks a month for a mortgage or something Mm -hmm. up northeast but we were looking and then we ended up finding a house that was um it was a fixer upper, and I think we ended up mortgaging. It was like eight hundred bucks a month or something like that at the time. So and just I'm, about the same. yeah, I guess that was kind of mm-hmm. the point. You know, now you pay your own taxes, you pay your own yeah. other stuff. But I'm just like, but that's also an investment property at that point. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, let's just go buy a house. Yeah. You know, like this is this is crazy, mm-hmm. and we love the house. You know, and it became a great investment. It's actually part of how we were able to move down here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the rental, I, I just, I feel, I really feel for people that are only in the position to be able to rent word for whatever reason they, they cannot get themselves into a house because it is expensive to rent. Yeah. And there's, and you're not building anything up for yourself. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's expensive to rent now. I know. Um, it's only gotten crazier in the last two years. So. Yeah. Actually, matter of fact, when, when we first moved down here it was in 2018 and uh, it was July of 2018 
and we were with our in-laws for the first like six months or so. And we were trying to find our own house, but this is after Florence. So there wasn't a ton of houses available anymore. Oh, that was rough. Yep. That, that, it was, it was, it was even shorter than what it is mm-hmm. nowadays, just because there was just homes that just were not livable anymore. Um, but I was also dealing with the fact that I had just become self-employed. And so I couldn't get a loan. Regardless of how much money I had to put down, yeah, we, we we had a large savings account to put down, good credit, couldn't get a couldn't get a loan because I just now basically had no guaranteed income anymore, right. um, and so I was like, you know, let's just I'm like I, I I need to we need to stop living with your parents like we need like our own space and so I was like let's just maybe look for an apartment and then we started looking and I'm like. Oh, okay. Let's just figure out another way to get a mortgage because <laughs> the, 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 the apartment prices are just are just crazy. Yeah. And so we're just like, let's just figure out another way to get a mortgage. And so, which we did. And um, yeah, it just it's 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 just kind of, and I, I don't even know what it is now. I mean, with um, I can't imagine because we haven't bought a new house since we we bought our first one, and mm-hmm. then we. So the one that you bought when one. you moved down yeah. here is, is one you're still in the now. First mm-hmm. one that we bought, and I think we bought that in twenty. 20- end of 2016 okay um and we got a really good deal on it because it was a foreclosure <laughs> right yeah that, that was kind of what that's kind of what mm-hmm. ours was it wasn't a foreclosure it was a, it was a short sale but i think mm-hmm. short sales and foreclosures i don't think are very far from each other I, i'm not sure maybe, maybe they are i'm, I'm probably speaking way out of turn the realtor is looking at me right now going like you idiot like those are very different <laughs> you know, homes but in my mind they're they're practically the same yeah. someone doesn't live there anymore and they have to get out of it and the bank is like taking over that, that, to me that's the same thing you know. same thing yeah <laughs> um, yeah we've loved it here what made you decide to come here uh yeah so um my in so the way the story goes is uh all right back in 2015 wife found out we, we found out my wife's pregnant so mm-hmm. that's the end of 2015 uh my father-in-law was retiring in 2016 so he he was a um, he was in the Carpenters Union forever, and so he was know that he was retiring in 2016. So it was yeah. great for him because he was becoming a new grandfather. And then they they was starting to look at like places to retire. We just they would constantly look at like homes, like beach homes, beachfront homes, and all that kind of stuff. It was just very casual, like kind of joking. And then we found out in like February of 2016, um, they booked a trip to North Carolina. To like look it out we're like okay. we're like oh like they're actually investing money now like this is a little weird i'm like and so my wife and i are like this is crazy like is it just gonna be a summer kind of thing mm-hmm. for them so now the two of us are like oh like new baby like they're they're helpful yeah. and you know really you know she's really close to them he's retired he's gonna want to, it's like how's this all gonna work out and so that that's kind of where it all started and so then april of uh 20 17 actually is what it was i think yeah april 2017 they they purchased a home in Mer- near oriental and they're like okay. oh my god like they actually purchased the house and I so i love oriental so much it is it's so, it's so mm-hmm. cute so we said well let's just go check it out with them so they they hadn't moved yet so in may of 2017 we all took a trip we all drove down here he's all stayed for a week down there mm-hmm. we're like oh let's go check out newburn you know i'm like 
nothing to do in merit. You know, it's like yeah. Oriental is cute, but it's like you, you got a, you got a few events. Mm-hmm. The 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 new village brewery I think I like just opened actually. I'm excited uh, to go to it. I haven't been there yet. Oh my god, it, I I love it. Frank and uh-huh. Frank and Lily are the best. We actually will be at the Oriental Boat Show from oh. the eighth to the tenth. We as so, in Flatland, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of us are volunteering to go. So if anybody's who's watching oh. wants to come see us, we may have some swag there. Oh, okay, excellent. But it is a great town. We go every year for New Year because mm-hmm. um, they have their. Um, Chinese New Year Parade, oh, which is okay. the most cool little thing to go to. Yeah. So I think it's the cool thing about Oriental. They got like, it's all like these funky things. Yes. It's like, different. when I say funky, I mean, just very different, mm-hmm. kind of unique. It's like, oh, like I, yeah. I just did not even think that that was going to be here, mm-hmm. you know? So the long story short about us moving down here. So we visited back in May of 2017. We're like, oh, this is kind of a cool place. And then we visited again, I think like September of October or something like that. And we were like, Oh, this is, and my wife had visited a couple other times. You know, I, I had stayed behind. I only had so much vacation time. And so I'm like, oh, this is kind of a cool place. I'm like, oh, I'm like, New Bern, like the downtown New Bern's kind of cool. It feels like, it feels, it's really charming. It feels like a little smaller version of Providence. And, um, and so we were like, well, it's going to be really tough to sell our house mm-hmm. because, like, we bought our house pretty cheap we had no idea how much it was worth and so we we're like i don't know that's like the biggest hurdle is like selling the house and like you know we're we gonna be flipped on it or whatever and so then like january we had a couple of realtors come through and we we're like oh 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 we can actually sell our house like oh this is interesting <laughs> like oh let's look at this now and so then i think we made the decision pretty much in january like we were like hey let's let's get this sold let's get this fixed let's get it sold and let's set a date to move and it was like the summer basically so mm-hmm. yeah we closed our sale of our house, I think it was like May, like first week of May. And then um, we lived with them at their current Rhode Island house for a little bit. And okay. then we all pretty much packed up and moved the same week. That's awesome. One, one, we did our move end of June and they did their move like second week of July or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so the long story of it short, I guess, is we just loved it here. Yeah. In-laws retired down here. We came to visit a couple of times. You're like, this is actually kind of a cool place. Like, like I didn't want to move down here, but that's where the cards went, and we like it. And yeah. so I'm still not liking the heat in the summers. But thank <laughs> we'll goodness for that. central HVAC is like everywhere, basically. Yeah. Like it's very common to have you know like a central AC. No, was that common where you guys are from? No, central AC. No, it was not at not all. That us. was a super luxury. Yeah, that was definitely a luxury. Yeah, um, window ACs everywhere. Newer builds, like anything built probably 1990 to 2000 and beyond where we're from have central AC, Mm -hmm. but most of the houses I lived in when I was a kid didn't have it. Mm -hmm. A lot of the places that we went didn't have it. Even some stores didn't have it. So it's just not quite as common Mm -hmm. up by us, but Michigan summers also top out at like 75. Right. Right. It's obviously, you know, it's like down here. It's like, you know, you know, you don't use the heat, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm, I'm sure People that live down here probably use the heat a lot more, but yeah, we, don't, we don't. Yeah, we don't turn the heat on a whole lot. I actually do. Actually, I, I feel like I'm colder more now at night than, than ever. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's not as common, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, to, or you definitely don't have like little space heaters for sure. You know, yeah. and you're you're probably not dealing with that. Um, but yeah, no, it was. We, we actually had considered putting one of those mini splits in our in our um, house in Rhode Island. Um, oh, so that you know, have it, yeah. so you could have some mm-hmm. sort of centrally because yeah, we we would have like. I don't know. I think at one time we had like four AC window ACs running. Know. You know, one each those. in the bedroom. Then you have like one in the mm-hmm. kitchen, and then one you know somewhere else. It was just, 
Yeah. I mean, that electric bill is just crazy. You know, know. when you run a window, it's, it's like the most mm-hmm. inefficient way to cool your house. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, so that that was so that's like the one way I deal with the heat down here is is just central AC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 is it that's usually warm or is it cold in here, Claire? Oh, it's always cold. <laughs> See, we need it to be cold. It's comfortable it's in here right now, but yeah. I, oh, I'm definitely warming up. Oh, I'm 100 percent warming up right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I mean, this I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, like, I'm okay, but if this was three degrees colder, I'd be, like, feel it's much better. It's usually an iceberg in here. What is your ideal thermostat temp? <laughs> like, 69. 68, okay, 69. 68. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's acceptable. Although, for some reason, in the wintertime, if it's 68 in the house, I have to turn the heat on. Agree. It's different understand. between heat and air to me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the humidity in the room Probably. also. More yes. the humidity than it does yes. the actual air temperature. Mm-hmm. The other thing I've complained about for years, I think, is the location of the thermostat because that's how it cools the room down. Like the thermostat that you click the buttons yeah. down, that's the thing that actually reads the temperature mm-hmm. of the room. So if it's in a bad location, the other rooms are probably much colder or much hotter mm-hmm. than where that thing is, you know? Yeah. I feel like what they – that's actually one of the reasons why I considered a mini split. Actually, last year, last August, our – our AC just went kaput, like in our current mm-hmm. house. Just we had a, we replaced the whole uh, system last year, um, and I actually had considered doing a mini split instead because we only have one floor. It wouldn't have yeah. been terribly hard to just add zones, but you just have these big things sticking out in the wall mm-hmm. in each of the rooms. But to me, the big advantage is that each room basically has its own thermostat, climate its control. its own climate control. I feel like if they were to wait, make a like a heat pump system. Or some sort of a some sort of a system where you basically had a thermostat in each of the main rooms and independently controlled registers. They actually do. We have one in our office oh, here in New Bern. Interesting, um, but it's not a mini split type of thing. No, it's oh, they're in the ceiling. I don't know the technical term. Oh, oh, you told me about that. that actually. That's um, right. It makes for the happiest office working environment. That's right. Because you told me about that. I have that. coworkers that like it to be very cold. Yes. And then I have ones that like it to be very warm. And we can kind of decide in each office. What I we need you to do some research and, and find out what that is for me. Like it's, I need that in here and at my house. Mm-hmm. I love my, it. Because my the bedroom is like the worst of it. The the we, yeah. I think we actually need um the HVAC people to come. They're going to add another register for us. Okay. I think they discovered that basically for the size of the room, there wasn't enough registers like, yeah. pumping out air um, or, or they were undersized actually what they had said. Um, but yeah. The, the room is like the, in like the summertime, it's just like everywhere, like in the living room, it's like ice cold mm-hmm. in the li- It's, it's really cold because the vents are right by where the couches are. And then you go to the bedroom and it's like, oh, it's yeah. like, it's terrible. My room can be perfect temperature, but then my kids' rooms are either the Arctic or mm-hmm. it's so hot they can't stand it. So yeah, it's, I guess it's that, to me, that's like the biggest problem with, mm-hmm. with central AC in general or any sort of like HVAC system is that yeah. they're just the, all the rooms get very unbalanced, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I, need to, I need you to find what, whatever that thing is. <laughs> I'll have to look <laughs> it up when I head out. Um, and then if you do update that, Make sure you update your homeowner's insurance. Okay, so why is that? <laughs> because if you make significant improvements on your home, it may change your value. So you want to make sure that you're fully covered. So you're saying it may change the value up. Yes. But then so my insurance hasn't covered. isn't fully covered for, the for that. Element. Got it. Which, obviously, consult your 
home and auto. <laughs> actually, let's actually spend Agent. a couple minutes on the on the insurance thing there because you actually do know quite a bit about insurance. Fingers like, crossed. Yeah. So what are the most, what are the biggest misconceptions, especially when it comes to like personal liability stuff? Like what are the biggest misconceptions people have? Um, that is so hard because it is so case specific. Um, you can have a, I think the biggest problem that we have too is that clients often are premium based where they're worried about ultimately how much it's going to cost them. When a lot of the time we kind of have to reframe it and say, well, this is how much your coverage is. Okay. So, yes, your monthly payment might be this much, but you're covered for this much. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of tailoring that so that it works with both budget and the amount of coverage that they need. Because you don't want to yep. be undercovered. Because if something like Florence comes along, which I had massive damage to my house from Florence. Mm-hmm. I don't know oh. if you did. Um, you don't want to find out that your house is covered for, you know whatever the set dollar amount is, right. but your damage is $40,000 more than that because right. th- then you're not covered. Right, right. Yeah, actually, it's, um, the house that we weren't in a house yet, um, but when we did purchase the house, we're actually like, I think it's like 100 feet out of the flood zone, mm-hmm. wherever we are. It's, I mean, it was we just kind of like lucked out yeah. of it. So we didn't have required flood insurance. But what we did find is that the house didn't get flooded, but we did see a good water line that was like maybe like a foot below, you know, um, so the you foundation. Definitely carry flood insurance, we, we, mm-hmm. which we did. So we were able to get it at a cheaper rate because we weren't in the flood yeah. zone. But we did end up adding flood insurance just because we were like, I think it ended up being, I think it's like five hundred bucks a year or something yeah. before. And so we're just like, I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, I hate to feel like you're just like throwing money at the wind, but it's like at the end of the day for like 50 bucks a month, basically right. to like potentially if, if something did happen, if, yeah. if like if we had something bigger than Florence and mm-hmm. I had now at $25,000, you know, in damage that 500 bucks a year, maybe in 10 years, if I had to use it and I've spent 5,000 bucks. Like, how does that not make sense? Because that's not going to be covered on your normal homeowner's policy. What I'm saying is, how does that not make sense to someone else? Is just like, that's, it's just so yeah. short sighted to not, like, I, and I'm not even a person that's like, oh, you should buy insurance on everything. Like, because I don't. It's just, right. there are some things I just think that just make very practical sense because of how cheap it is in relation well, to in, the potential. In North Carolina, the chance of flooding is never zero. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in coastal North Carolina, mm. because this just happens to be a lower area. And even though you may be in a hundred year flood zone, maybe that hundred years is next year. <laughs> here's here's a question for you, actually. Um, I actually need to ask my insurance agents this, but um, I'll just ask you, like on the spot here. So, for instance, um, we just um, so I, I have a um, like a little utility trailer. Mm-hmm. I, I think I probably asked my insurance agents this, and I just forgot if I ever asked them. So I just need to ask them again. Is that already covered on my order insurance or do i need separate like trailer insurance does that make sense i would definitely recommend you call your <laughs> you're just like i can't answer that one um, that is so policy specific oh okay that maybe maybe not and i honestly my greatest recommendation for everybody is call your agent <laughs> if you even have the they're probably waiting for the phone function. to ring anyways <laughs> sorry tammy and trisha you're gonna be real busy today um, slightest question, call your agent. Mm. Um, because you'd rather know whether or not it's covered just right. in case. Well, it's like my, we have a workshop um, detached, completely detached from the house. Mm-hmm. It's like 16 by 24. And I had called one day. Um, I was like, I think it was actually last year, but right before hurricane season started. I said, hey, 
I says, is my workshop covered like under the regular homeowners? And I just, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, cause my thing is like, I've invested a lot of money into it. Like I've, there was nothing in it was a shell. And so I've now insulated the thing. I put a, you well, know, we put a new roof. may not be covered. Um, you know, we, um, I put a ceiling up on mm-hmm. there. I put electrical work. I mean, there's like a lot of work that's been done. Turns out it is, there's like a, there's like a thing in the policy that's like covers external structures. But I think it's like, I think it's like 10% of the value. I think we're like basically cover up to about $18,000 worth, which I was like, I, I know what those 16 by 24 kits mm-hmm. sell for. And it's about 15 grand. So I'm like, right. I, I don't feel like I need any additional no. extra coverage. It, it is covered under that. And I might have to pay a little bit out of pocket or something like that. But I, it, right. it, I'm kind of covered, I guess, yeah. my point. But yeah, it was an easy question. I'm like, I don't know, is, is this is this covered or is it not? Like, I don't know. Well, no, you don't know those questions. Yeah, that's what all of our account managers specialize in is mm. looking at your specific policy and reading through all of the fine print. Mm-hmm. That um, I think that's kind of one of the advantages of us. So there's a difference between a captive agency and an independent agency. Oh, okay. Is- <laughs> so so you are a independent. We are independent, yep. which means we are um, our primary job is to be a uh, client advocate. So mm-hmm. what we would do is we look at each carrier and make a recommendation based on your specific house, okay. your specific car, and then we make a recommendation based on both budget and coverage. Mm-hmm. So kind of the best part for us is that we are able to advocate for our clients in mm. that aspect to be able to say, okay, this one is going to fit you the best. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to... Um, Look into each situation and make sure that it is 100% the right fit for your client. I will say, I, I always find the independent ones interesting because it's like you can kind of shop around the different, mm-hmm. you know, carriers yeah. basically. And so, like, if you just go to Progressive, it's like whatever the rate from Progressive is, you well, know. Well, and they can read the fine print that normal people like us just don't speak mm-hmm. that language. Right. So they can read the fine print. They already understand, say, okay. like, all right, this is actually what the fine print means. Like, this yes. is actually, like, I'm kind of breaking it down. Mm-hmm. It's not even so much like being able to read and understand. It's For me, it's probably more to break it down to my layman term. Yes. Rather than just, like, mm-hmm. you knowing what it means. It's like, okay, like, like what is an umbrella policy? Like, what does that actually right. do? Like, just explain it to me in simple terms, you well, know? Well, <laughs> and our goal with our social media, our whole theory behind that mm. is, Educating our clients so that they understand it. Right. Even if long term, you know, say you move to another state and you're not a client of ours anymore. Even if we can give you the tools that you need to be able to know what you're looking for, even if you can't fully break down that fine print, Mm -hmm. it's fine. You understand enough to know what you're looking for. Yeah. So that is our goal with every client is to educate enough that they can do that. So we're going to do, we're going to do a open ended question game here. So these are, these are all open questions, open ended questions. This is the regular interview decks and these are called the, what the F interview decks. Okay. So you can pick whichever one you want and then we'll pick a card from it. Let's go green today. Ah! I did. You Safe you weren't option. feeling risky. I I feel like the what the f deck is like off camera for you. Though. Just like, <laughs> Probably really yes. I need yeah. to be off camera on that one. Okay. So then what you're gonna do is you're gonna pick a card and then you're gonna read the question and then we'll both answer it. Ooh. Really easy, easy, easy stuff. Okay. This one. When you're feeling sick, what makes you feel better? Oh, uh, definitely soup. Yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a Verner's ginger ale girl. A what? Verner's ginger ale. It's from Michigan. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, like only get it there. And just ginger ale. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's yeah. a um, Canada Dry. Canada Dry is nothing compared to Verner's. Oh, it's terrible. Interesting. Um, 
but that is my go-to. Have you ever had ginger beer, by the way? I have not. Oh my god, it's so it's like root beer, but ginger flavored. It's delicious. I don't know if I'd like it or not because I am not a huge. As much oh. as I like ginger ale for when I'm sick, oh. I don't drink it any other time. Oh, okay, okay. Right. How about you, uh, Claire? Do I even have to answer this? It's so obvious. <laughs> oh, I know what she's gonna say. Chick Fil A is the the solution to every problem. <laughs> I can't eat heavy when I'm sick, though. Like I feel like Chick Fil A is like a little bit on the heavier side. Yeah, it is. I don't really like, have like a go to food when I'm sick. Although I will say if I'm sick with like a cough or something, I yeah. I don't normally eat popsicles, but I'll go on like a huge popsicle binge yeah. when I'm sick. Like I will sit and just eat popsicles and be like, no shame, just down it. <laughs> I think like, yeah, I think it's just for, for me, like anything. But once I'm like feeling like I'm getting a little bit better, I'm like, I'm ready to eat like real food. I'm like, get some Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you know what? You, yeah, you bring up a good point. Because I, I feel like. When I'm like at the start of the sickness, like anything that I have to kind of like really chew on, yeah, like, I just, know. Like, Mm-mm. like think of like, oh, you want to eat maybe a little healthy? Is like have a salad? Like that just like super mm. grosses me out. No, like when yeah. I have a salad, I'm sick, right? But like anything like heavy, like you know, like a sandwich like that, just bother. so that's why like for me, like soup is just like oh, I can get something in me. Yeah. But when I do start feeling good, I want like steak and potatoes. Like that's that's like oh yeah. Like I, yeah. I just like when I feel like I'm ready to enter the real world again, I just I just want like. That's when I red get my meat Chick-fil-A. and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Red meat, though. Red meat, not no. chicken. I'm not a no. huge red meat eater. No, anyway. no. Um, so that's not always it for me. But a large McDonald's fry oh, and a large yes. Coke oh. is a pretty good um, tester of. Am oh. I going to be sick again? Am I going to be sick again? Can I eat my real food? Can I eat real food? Can I eat real food? Can I eat real food? Real food. Can I eat real junk food again? Like- <laughs> yeah. Can my body tolerate it? <laughs> yeah. Which is 90% of my diet. Terribly, <laughs> but no, I love McDonald's. It's called yeah, probably ninety percent of people eat pretty terribly. I don't know. I, know. I feel like we, I feel like we just judge ourselves way too much. It's like, yeah, I'm sure. Like, yeah, like, w- would your life be better like if you ate a really good? Probably, you know what I mean. Like, yes, like it, it, it really. There really is a lot to the diet, but I don't know. I just feel like we just beat ourselves up way too much. It's like, we oh, do. I'm not eating healthy. I don't exercise enough. It's like. Okay, but you also do like all these other things, like all these, yeah. like when you were talking about earlier, like oh, I'd love like a personal assistant. Yeah, it's like you do all these other things. It's like you got a lot of stuff going. Like we gotta stop beating ourselves do up it constantly. When you can. Yeah, yeah, like make little improvements. Yeah. I guess is kind of the point. Like th- that's kind of what I'm trying to do right. right now is I'm trying to make little improvements of instead of like going out to eat all the time, like for lunch or something like that. Try, like just this morning, I went to the grocery store mm-hmm. to get more, you know, lunch supplies so I can just eat here. Is it the best stuff? No, it's like deli meats and bread and chips and stuff like yeah. that. But it's it to me, it's a little bit better than eating more processed fast food, I guess is kind yeah. of my point. And so it's like, I just feel like we just need to make little changes here and there. We collectively just, we beat ourselves up yeah. way too much on the things we should be doing. Instead of looking at it, it's like, well, we're also doing this and just make this one change, well, make a little change. Well, I think guilt kind of steamrolls into mm-hmm. then you don't ever get started on what you actually want yes. to because you're just feeling the guilt. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do three salads a week and then I can still do my taco Tuesday. Oh. One freebie day for when inevitably I'm going to need French fries. That's, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think about you know, it's funny. The, time. the guilt thing you're talking about, this is the same thing with marketing. You know, like, like going back to the podcast thing. It's like people would just be like, Oh, like I know I should be starting a podcast. I know I should be doing video, but I'm not, so I must suck. And it's like, no, you're just no. 
you just like busy. you're like a solo printer like you got a yeah. bunch of stuff going on right yeah. now it's just like do what you can when you can stop listening to what everybody else tells you should be making like 30 videos a day it's like who who you well, why why Unless that's your job. why yeah. yeah it's like it's like just do what you can when you can try and make right. little improvements here and there and if you really want to get serious about it then just sit down and make a plan for it but well, in the just biggest, stop beating yourself up. The biggest recommendations I think that you can always make for small businesses is if you're one person and you're doing it and you're trying to tackle all of them and you're trying to distribute on, you know, five social media channels, you're trying to do email marketing, yeah. you're trying to do a podcast, you're trying to do enough video, do one thing really mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. and then find your audience. Mm -hmm. Because once you've got that one thing down, then you can distribute to other channels and mm. it's a little bit easier. But if you spread yourself too thin across everything, trying to market to everyone, it's not going to work. Find your demographic, mm -hmm. stick to that demographic, and then build from there. Yeah. There, there, there's so many people feeling like they're Superman and, mm -hmm. you know, really we're a bunch of Lois Lanes. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's what it is. You and know? there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Lois Lane was great. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's just, yeah, we just, just. Tone it down, people. We got like you know. Stop though. adding. Do, do do you watch? Uh, I feel like we talked about. Do you watch Yellowstone? Yes. You know, this reminds me of a quote uh, that Rip gave to um, to Beth. You know, I think she had said something. Uh, it was in season four. She was like, she's like, sorry, I know that you know, I probably make you know your day hard or something like that mm -hmm. or or something like that. And, and Rip just said to her, he's like, life's hard enough. He's like, you know, you, you don't have to go making it easy, you know, for life to, to make yeah. it hard. That's sort of like the point is just like, it's like you, you're already going to be dealing with stuff that's just going to be thrown at you. It's just like, mm -hmm. you don't got to add to it by just no. overwhelming yourself unnecessarily, you know? No, and marketing doesn't have to be difficult either. I mean, it's just, you can choose People over to make it, it yeah. more difficult or you mm -hmm. can choose to do it well for the population that you're serving. Mm-hmm. People definitely over, yeah, life. they definitely overcomplicate, especially especially when it comes to video. It's like I I can't tell you how many like you're one of Flatlands is one of few clients that have actually put together or is uh, executing on a video campaign regularly. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people have like come to me and it's like, oh, how do you do this stuff with video? And I'll get them set up with this or get them set up with that. And for one reason, and, and again, just. For one reason or another, it was like a really good idea that they had, but aren't executing on it for lots of good reasons. But I guess my point is, is that you you just you can't you can't do it. Like start small. I guess mm -hmm. that that's really the point I was kind of making. It's like yeah. before you go investing in a new camera, you know, and a microphone, all this stuff. It's like, can you just make a couple of videos with your phone that yeah. look terrible? Like or they're not even terrible. They just look okay. Get in that mm -hmm. habit, right? Like get in the habit, like it's like exercising. Like get in the habit of walking every day for thirty minutes before you go buy yourself a treadmill. Right. Well, <laughs> the treadmill will not make you exercise every day. It's the routine no. that you're going to get into of mm -hmm. walking every day. Then you're like, oh, instead of walking during work, I'm now going to do it at home in the morning. Yeah. Because now you're in a routine. Well, what we do with it is that makes we sense do to me. like one film day. Per month at yes. each location. Batch it. And that's enough for mm -hmm. me to get enough content. And you're Perfect. the one who told me to do that. So it was to excellent it. advice. Nice. Yes. Perfect. Um, I was originally trying to do, you know, individual videos each time I went somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's too much mm -hmm. to try and do it that way. So if you batch it, get three videos, get two TikToks, and that's enough mm -hmm. for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then continue to add on as you go. Yeah, and this is exactly just can, just kind of build on that. You know, as you mm -hmm. get more comfortable with things, you're just things are gonna be a little more second nature. You know, that's what I tell people. It's like it's 
it's easy for me technically to grab a camera and make a video. Like it's easier for me to edit on a computer than it is to edit on any video editing app mm-hmm. on my phone. I just, I can't, it'll take me longer to do it on my phone than it is to take me to import it and edit on the computer. Yeah. But it's second nature to me. It's like, I can, like I can do it practically blind. Like it's like tying your shoes, you know? Cause that's what I do every day. It's yeah. like, it's like it would take me two hours to understand an insurance policy where it would take someone two minutes to like look and like, oh, this is what this thing covers. Because they know what they're looking for. Because they know what they're looking mm-hmm. for. You know, it's like so it's like if you want to get started, just yeah, just start. Just start somewhere. Just get practice. Mm-hmm. Just get used to dribbling the ball. Just get used to just making free throws. And then well, you can maybe take on an opponent. A hundred percent of the time you are not gonna use all of the content that you oh. capture. It's just it's not possible. You'll get those ones that just don't turn out, that you just get kind of off track or mm-hmm. it gets silly and it just doesn't work out. But those practice sessions are what make everybody more comfortable in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So I always tell everybody when I get them on camera, like, be prepared. This might take five takes, but we'll mm-hmm. get it eventually. Actually, one thing I've um, telling people a lot for, for that practice, actually, and you can actually kind of tell this to your different agents and consultants that are maybe a little hesitant to get on video. Um, if they just go to Instagram, even like their own personal Instagram, when you go, um, when you go, where is it? So you can go live, right? So I'm going to say I want to go live. Where is it? Oh, live. But when you click audience now, you can click audience. You do public or practice. They have a practice mode. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just like literally, it's just like you basically talking yeah, to a sub. Now, it's sort of the same thing as just hitting the record button on your like camera roll and deleting yeah. it. But I think there's a little bit extra when you are like doing the muscle memory of going to Instagram, yeah. clicking the live button, and then clicking audience. And that kind of gets you Do in the you zone of like... export the practice ones? Um, I'm almost certain of it. Okay. Because um, I was going to say, I'm what if you get a sure. really good take? And right, right. Like yeah, I'm almost certain it allows you... I think actually when I did the practice one, they actually give you the option of also posting it. Like, oh, like, do you okay. want to post it maybe so or just save it? I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain of it. I could be okay. wrong. But you could just try it actually and then... And it'll kind of tell you right after that. But yeah, but people just do like some practice videos and like, yeah. oh, like actually I don't look so terrible. Or maybe like I do really look terrible and but I can just get over it. You know, yeah. it's just like it's it's sort of just like one of those. The thing with like video to me that really gets me is like, like, OK, you don't you don't want to take a video right now. But it's like, what would you do if a customer just walked in? You would and, still be seeing them. Yeah, you'd still be. They, <laughs> yeah. they would see you in whatever state you're mm-hmm. currently in. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe someone is just like preparing yourself, I guess. But it's like to me, it's just like you're talking to a customer. That's yeah. 